Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Amy. And this is Small Town Not Small Minds. to share what is new in my life. I want to know what's new in your life. New in my life for season two. Um, I've obviously been starting my relationship therapy and I know like, do people want to hear about my therapy? No, probably not. But I'm really proud of myself because I've recently dropped a lot of men. I'm going to say boys though, that just are no longer good for me. And that's like, been bad for me in the past because the door has always been kind of like open and closed. Like I was really intentional with it. I wrote up like full note messages and then like just sent them and just like wash my hands clean of of them. This has been like a long time in the making. Um, I remember talking about this uh, on our like New Year's hike. Yeah. So I'm really proud of you. Yeah, like I closed those doors and now it's just like kind of this freeing moment where I feel like I'm really emerging from a shell but living my life for me right now. So I'm really excited. I Yeah, and it's opening up possibilities right now and I'm really... I'm really excited to move forward. Yay. So, oh, Amy, that's great to hear. Yeah. So that's what's up with me. Yeah, that's really what's up. Thanks mm-hmm. for being like, vulnerable right there. That's I know. Great. Yeah. I feel so lame about mine <laughs> because it's about my new favorite breakfast. Okay. <laughs> it is. But your new favorite breakfast that you shared with me, I've been doing it. So tell them. I feel okay. like other people need to hear it. Okay. <laughs> I shared this with you. The rice cakes? everything bagel rice Rice cake cake flavor yes yeah you did share it with me and it was impactful honestly i've been sharing it with everyone it's really great that i'm sharing this right now because our guest is the person who showed me okay so Paige is a good friend of mine stayed at her house and she made me this for breakfast so i like to poach my eggs the trick is honestly putting vinegar in the water and then the the eggs stay together but does that like no you don't really taste it don't really or don't you you don't really taste it. <laughs> <laughs> don't really or don't. That's a huge difference. I can't confirm that there's 100% not a vinegar taste. Okay. But then you put it on, like I put like lunch meat and cheese on top of an everything bagel rice cake. Then okay. put the poached egg on top. And honestly, all you taste is the everything bagel. It's so delicious. It's so good. I've been eating it straight since I stayed at Paige's. Okay. Well, Alex, since living with you, obviously you introduced the blueberry smoothie in my life, which I have very regular. But after you talked about the everything bagel flavored rice cake, I've been buying it. And I just eat it on its own. It's such a good snack on its own. Oh, yeah. Even like throw avocado on top of that. No, I just eat it straight. Okay, you can do that too. (laughs) I'm just throwing out other options. (laughs) It's so good. It is. Go out and get an everything bagel rice cake. We are not sponsored by anyone in season two. (laughs) And that's what's What's up. (laughs) All right. Welcome. Today we have one of my very good friends, Paige. We met at Augustana University. I was actually crying in my dorm room because <laughs> my boyfriend and I had broke up. I didn't tell anyone at the time. And I remember Paige oh. came in and um, she was asking me to burn her a CD. 
Um, but found me crying on the floor and uh, took me out for cupcakes and then we became roommates after that. Mm-hmm. I transferred universities and uh, we had a bit of a hard time with mm-hmm. our long-term friendship and then we just met out of Smitty's in Killam, Alberta. Oh, we did. We, uh, Whoa, Killam, been... Killam has a Smitty's? Killam has a Smitty's <laughs> and we've been like thick as thieves ever since. Yeah. So, um, that was all it took, just some pancakes. Honestly, we love it. <laughs> we love it. And yeah, no, Paige is one of my most valued friends. I'm really excited to have you here. Even more so, she is a registered provisional psychologist. Um, we're really excited to have someone who knows a lot about the topic we're going to talk about today. So thanks yeah. for coming on, Paige. Uh, thank you, both of you, Amy and Alex. Yeah. Really excited. This is a great topic. You guys are great humans. This is going to be good. Well, we'd love to ask all our guests, Paige, what is the most small town thing about you? Indeed. Well, I was thinking about this while walking down the street with my dog, and I realized that I was walking down the middle of the street with my dog. And you can't do that in the city. When I did that in Calgary, I was chastised by my loved ones. (laughs) And then it was obviously a question of safety because people in Calgary may or may not stop for you. So no, no hard feelings against Calgary drivers. But it is just a higher populated space that you can't do that in. 100%. Walking down wherever you feel like walking with quite literally no concern for your safety is pretty small town. Very much so. Jaywalking. Oh, yeah. Allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. There is, yeah. Road, sidewalk, it's all the same. I'm glad you brought up walking because that is my small town thing. I enjoy being able to leave my front door and walk directly to work. Mm. And it's such a blissful experience. Mm -hmm. Like I actually am upset if I have to drive to work for various reasons, like bringing in supplies or I literally, Amy was my third choice to bring my car into the shop. I was like, I have no one else who can bring me. I'm so sorry to upset your walking routine. (laughs) (laughs) I love I love it. But you can't do that other places. Not all places, right? Yeah, Yeah, right now. Exactly. Oh, only two days a week, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had my 10-year reunion, and I went to, we were having a fire after, so I just pull up on the street where all the vehicles are, and I walk into this backyard of this house I've never been to see all my classmates, and instead my brother's there. Um, (laughs) I walked in on an engagement party, and my reunion was just... Not her brother's. Yeah, not her brother's. (laughs) The reunion is just a couple houses down. He was even like, wrong house, Alex. You gotta go down a few more. Oh my gosh. So That's kind of sweet that he even knew. He was oh, just yeah. like, two more houses down. Yeah, yeah. He, the first thing he said was, wrong house. <laughs> you get lost and still find people you know. Exactly. So small town. 100%. So small town. But they know who you're looking for and everything, yeah, yeah. so oh, they're yeah. like, just two more houses down. That does oh, okay. oh, thanks. Congrats. So <laughs> I'll Love. just take this slice of cake. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> thanks for the free beer. Oh my goodness. Um, this episode, we are talking about boundaries. So Paige, do you mind? You have a great definition. Do you mind sharing it with us? Yeah. What boundaries what? are? What are boundaries? To you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actively did not look this up because I didn't want to have Oxford Dictionary uh, color my my definition here. So I think of boundaries uh, in in my work and in my personal life as the active process of self prioritization. We have a finite amount of energy. Everything in our life, every decision, every activity, whether that's eating a sandwich or going to a movie or writing a test or going to work, all requires energy and that's finite. And so boundaries really start to come in when we start to realize that we have that limitation and when we don't want our lives to feel rushed or that we're always exhausted. That's 
how I would define boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking earlier about how the word boundary, we are hearing it more now than we did a decade ago. Mm-hmm. So sure. it's trending. It is trending. <laughs> so it, like, I think now we have a name for what it is. People could actively or not actively be setting boundaries prior. It just wasn't the word that we used for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and thank goodness, because... If every time we wanted to set a boundary, we had to like sit down and have a formal, you know, <laughs> informed boundary conversation, no one would have boundaries. We would exactly. just be like, it's exhausting. That's so exhausting. Yes. Yeah. It's really just in our in our actions, which is why I really included that explicitly in the mm-hmm. in the definition. It's an active process of self prioritization, and I like what you both have kind of said about development, where you you know you kind of looked into other people's lives and you're like, whoa, what what is she doing? Why is she doing it like that? Yeah. And I think it just points to a really powerful and always not always also challenging bit about boundaries and and setting them and enacting them is that they are very flexible they Mm -hmm. they ebb and flow depending on the seasons and the time and your age and all kinds of things your mental status your financial status all kinds of things affect the boundaries that we can set and enact because they are not just a thing that we talk about they're not just a you know a a sticker that we can slap on um, our front door they're not just something that we can put in our syllabus or because our boundaries in our personal lives and in our work lives just how we choose to kind of corral ourselves in our life is ever-changing it takes time takes time to figure out it's a it's a journey it's a process you're never just like check done doing all of my yes. boundary work for my life and I'll never have to revisit this again that's not how it works our priorities change um in your Maybe, life as well yeah. as in you and that's a, a really critical part about about setting boundaries is, mm-hmm. is honoring that for yourself and I think boundaries are hard because they're personal yeah right because other things like okay external rules we can't we know we have to stop at a stop sign we know Mm -hmm. we need to put a seatbelt on these are rules we need to follow Mm -hmm. boundaries are within you Mm. and like you say we're not always having these explicit conversations so Mm -hmm. it's our actions it's it's how we say it and we're not always um thinking or setting them or doing it in the right way Mm -hmm. um absolutely right in many cases if someone's stepping over your boundary you might like flip to defensive flip to to snapping like you you are presenting your boundary in a way that's not healthy, right? So it's uncomfortable. Yeah, because boundaries are a lovely label, uh, uh, umbrella, rainbow cover, if you will, because actually underneath the word boundary is a whole lot of other things that are more complicated than just, I turned my phone to silent at 7 p.m., Mm -hmm. right? We're talking about self-worth. We're talking about valuing ourselves and our 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 fellow humans um but that is not that's not an easy thing to do so a boundary itself you know turning your phone to silent that's not really the hard part actually turning that phone on silent flicking the switch isn't really the difficult part the sense of knowing that you are allowed to knowing that you are worthy of that prioritization is where things really get dicey and or when someone is pushing at that and saying well i need access to you you're my you know you're my friend you're my sister i need you and you're going oh gosh, you know, I, I love this person. Why am I being so selfish? Like, what else am I doing that's, you know, taking so much of my time that I can't be there for my own sister? Because it's so much more complicated than just little snippets. It's, it is. And I'm going to blow that up into the world that we live in. You know, mm-hmm. where we exist in Western civilization that is built on, on structures and roots and uh, frameworks that say, scarcity right there's never enough time there's never enough money there's you don't have enough boats you don't have enough friends you're not happy enough you're not beautiful enough all of these are, are 
you know, marinating us all the time and telling us that we are not enough, telling us that we need to do more to be better, to be happy, then we'll be happy. Mm -hmm. You pair that with patriarchal structures. You pair that with systemic racism. You pair that with any kind of cultural dynamic. Um, You pair that with the childhood that you had, any kind of trauma that you had where, you know, a parent just didn't see you when you needed to be seen. And that message to your little brain said you didn't matter, right? This is this is complex. So, so boundary is a really lovely title. It's quick, it's easy, but we start to see that there's a lot more happening underneath in this metaphor. Could you walk me through, Paige, if I am trying to set a boundary with a friend? Because that's, that, that's what gets difficult, I find, is like mm-hmm. that communication. So say I want to go to bed, but Amy is like, oh, come on, like, come out, we need to go out. But I want to say, like, I need to go home. How do I communicate this in a way that I'm not saying, like, I don't value you as a friend? Mm, Yeah. I mean, first of all, I just want to validate for you and everyone that that's super hard. I don't want to trivialize what, like, what I'm about to say is not easy. Mm -hmm. It sounds, you know, reasonably simple when we we verbalize this, but when you're actually in the moment, I just want to highlight that this is hard. Yes. If you can, starting before. So this is, again, where it's not that it's not that easy. Um, but thankfully, as teachers or as therapists, or if you are work in a profession that you can really point blank, put out some boundaries, like, you don't smoke in my house ever. We just know there's some really nice, hard ones. Mm-hmm. We want those ones out of the way um, when possible, for sure. Then when we're getting into the more flexible ones, because I'm guessing that sometimes you do go out with Amy. Sometimes you do push your bedtime. So it, this inconsistency adds to the challenge where we do get that pushback. Um, so when, we, when we're faced with that pushback, I mean, there's some really tangible skills here. So I'm just going to get a yeah. little therapy toolkit here. Starting, <laughs> Open the toolkit. <laughs> <laughs> starting with what's called disarming. So Amy has, she's evoked some anger. You can tell she's feeling angry, sassy defensive, uh, she's irked with what you've told her, and your gut response is going to be to irk back, right? You want to get defensive back. Like, I need to go to bed. Don't call me on this. You know how tired I get. Like, come on, you know me better than that. Why don't, blah, 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 right? We can, we really quickly want to switch that off. So disarming is when instead of engaging with that defensiveness, instead of engaging with that fight, we just see that the fight is happening. Because we know, so in in therapy world, we know that 99% of the time beneath that angry emotion beneath that sarcasm, that defensiveness is a fear, right? Your Amy's feeling abandoned. She's feeling like you don't care. Maybe she's feeling invalidated. She's feeling unseen. Mm-hmm. She doesn't rejected. She's rejected. Yeah. She's not being valued. And so right off the hop, we want to acknowledge her struggle. So we disarm that fight by saying, oh, this, this sounds really hard for us right now. Uh, I'm, I just, I'm hearing that you're like, pretty angry and most likely she's still angry and might you know <laughs> fire back with of course I'm mad you're not spending time with me and I haven't seen you in weeks and you want to go home and it's not even nine o'clock come on right she's got some really solid arguments here and you're still like I'm trying to hold a boundary so disarming was really great because it gave her an opportunity to speak more to what she's feeling so mm-hmm. we're hearing some really valid points at the same time, we certainly don't have to engage with every single one. And so instead we can think, right? We can say like, ah, this, this is hard. Um, you really wanted to have time with me. And we can then move into some what's called stroking. So we can move into really, this has to be genuine and authentic. So if you don't actually enjoy spending time with this person, you also have an opportunity right now to say, sometimes your energy is draining for me. That's not really stroking, but that might be an honest conversation that you need to have in that friendship on perhaps a different day. Stroking is where we really genuinely and authentically say, 
I care about you. I don't want to hurt you with this. I feel I feel like I'm hurting you by want, by needing to go home. Uh, you really clearly wanted some time with me and I love our time together. So I, I want to be really clear that me going home right now is not about you. It's not a it's not a reflection of how I feel about you or our friendship. And we, we really kind of want to lay that on thick because that's how they're feeling. They're feeling mm-hmm. like you're taking that away from them. Mm-hmm. Whatever the boundary is, there's most likely something being withheld. Mm-hmm. Time often being uh, a really, really critical resource that we just don't have enough of. So doing that stroking really honors our our person who is struggling their struggle and it also reminds them that I do in fact love and care and respect you and I hear you and I still need to go home mm-hmm. I am working on prioritizing myself mm-hmm. however you need to phrase that this is kind of an open-ended part and I apologize right. that it doesn't have a title because it is really just stating what you need with positive intent it's not you it's me. It, exactly. <laughs> it really is. So disarming, stroking, and then it's not you, stating it's like yes. what with, your need is with at positive that time. intent. Right? And you'll notice that Paige said and this instead of but this, yeah. and, and Paige had said earlier when you add but, you're almost negating what you said before. Yeah, right? and it it really helps us start to stretch into both and right. I love you, and I want to spend time with you. And I need to go home. Mm-hmm. I need to. I need to go recharge my batteries. Whereas mm-hmm. if I say I love you and I love spending time with you, but I need to go home. Yeah. Ooh, that but kind of cuts. It cuts kind of deep. And yeah. so when we say it, kind of feels like this or that. Exactly. You know? like, when it's not, yes. it's both. I mm-hmm. love you dearly. Yeah. And I need to go home. I'm yeah. exhausted. And and you get to obviously share how much detail, depending yeah. on how close you are with this person. It might just be I really care about our time together. And I also just really need to go home. Right. So thank you so much for a lovely night. I think the, next time. the part that can get confusing for people, like using the situational example we have is really good right now, is maybe the inconsistency for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use the example that we've generated. I do not force Alex to go out with me. I should <laughs> clarify. No, for the record, Amy's great at like... If we're I'm like, home... oh, you're going? Bye. Or sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go too. <laughs> I often like go to bed while Amy's still at my house and she'll be here for like another hour. She understands. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I'm really good. Yeah, I'm like, like, like myself up. Very but, but for this situation, <laughs> yes. yeah. um, maybe the inconsistency of that person. So let's say, Alex, I know she can manage staying out till... 2 a.m. because mm-hmm. the other night she did it. Mm-hmm. She stayed out till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. at a party. Mm-hmm. So then it's like they did it before. Why can't they do it again? Yeah. And charged up by that. Totally. Yep. So as the friend on the other side of that, being being the friend who's feeling defensive about someone else's boundary, because I we've probably all been there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a responsibility to be really selective about. I mean, to put it very simply, what hell do I want to die on? Right? Like, is this something that I need to have like a full conflict about right now? Is a, you know, a really wonderful place to start where you're like, ugh, you know, she just needs to go. And or uh, instead of defensiveness, sarcasm, calling out, we need to, we, we have a responsibility to be clear about our needs as well. And, and that's not the same as a boundary necessarily, but it's saying rather than like, oh, you never stay out with us. You're such a bum. Like, why can't you stay? We're saying pretty clearly, um, and this might be too therapy, but we're really saying how we're feeling, right? I feel like I just haven't got enough time with you. And that allows your, whatever, your conversational partner who is, uh, you know, trying to express and and enact an uh, an active boundary to validate that, right? So instead of getting angry and defensive, we actually have an opportunity to say, I feel like I haven't haven't had enough time with you. And that's actually why I'm getting kind of 
pissy with you. And that gives Alex or whoever the opportunity to say, thanks for telling me that. Like, Mm -hmm. I I didn't know that you were kind of feeling that way. And that's not my intention to make you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so hard because I think communication is like such the huge part of this, right? And so... Absolutely. And so you're meant to all relationships. (laughs) (laughs) But as soon as you're saying how you're feeling, then that that, like dawns on me, right? Where I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, I can see how like that would make you feel that way. And that is not my intention. But when we're both in that defensive mode... We're not getting to behind the scenes, the exactly. real thing behind it. Yeah, um, easier said than done. Yes, and that's where the more we talk about this and like pr- practice and modeling, like if you see mm-hmm. it happen, and maybe it's easier for, and it is for Amy and I to communicate our boundaries, right? Because we're friends, mm-hmm. we're colleagues, and we have a podcast together. We have a lot of different lines that we yeah. have to draw for each other. Yeah. So we, you and I have a lot of practice of it. Mm-hmm. But I might not have a lot of practice with someone else. Yeah, in a different uh, relationship. Yeah, so then it just, it, there's not a lot of consistency with boundaries in that way where it's like new situation, new... Mm-hmm. Even like right? new relationships, right? Absolutely. Like you have to put that work in oh, yeah. to set that and yeah. with different people. So, so this, this is where we start to come into those roots where you practice this with Amy and that's beautiful you're you're getting to embody that feeling of the the catch the snag between oh I want to be a good friend and I want to be fun and I want to enjoy my life and I really need to go to sleep Mm -hmm. right so there's that happening and then beneath that you're also getting to practice standing in your worth Mm -hmm. which is thankfully much easier when we're with someone we love and and it is a great opportunity to start practicing but that's that's why I mentioned it's just an umbrella. It's just a rainbow because underneath that, regardless of who you're talking to, regardless of it's work or personal or your baseball team, there is it is difficult to say to yourself, to enact with yourself, that you matter, that mm-hmm. you are worthy of taking this time. Because when you're saying, I need to self-prioritize, you are also, in essence, on the other side of that coin saying, I am prioritizing you lower on this list, which is what often people hear when they yes. when they hear mm-hmm. prioritization. You're oh well, I know where I fall on that list, and that's an unfortunate response, but it's very natural because we don't like feeling like we're not cared for, and on the flip side of that, we don't like feeling like we're not caring for our loved ones enough. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to step into yeah. and say, I am allowed to do this. I am worthy of going to bed right now. Even though it makes me kind of feel like I'm being a bad friend, I am not because I will be a worse friend if I stay out late right now because tomorrow I have another thing or I just know that I am not doing great and I need to go home and be by myself and you are allowed to do that and that is easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ten times over. The word I think about for myself is just being an advocate for you, right? Like you need to advocate these things because you at the end of the day are the one, you're the captain of your ship and you know what is best for you. And so hone in on that and like navigate around that. Mm -hmm. But it is hard because like you said, it's the people you're, you're fearful. I think we live in that society where we're like scared. We don't want to hurt other people around mm-hmm. us. Oh, we don't want to disappoint these people around mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So then we're feeling... Or even like the, the story of your relationship this whole time has been yes. putting them above yes. yourself, yes. right? And so then it's hard yep. when your relationship, your whole life with that person has been one way and now you're trying to Try prioritize it. yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's very hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when you need some therapy, maybe. Yeah, 100%. To work through that is very difficult. It is. We are not taught, and I mentioned this earlier, but we are not taught from a young age 
to prioritize ourselves. No. From a young age, it is you do everything all the time to the best of your ability, whether, you know, all of the time you're the best friend, you're the best sister, you're always there, super reliable. And, you know, that's partially my own tune. <laughs> that's, you're certainly hearing echoes of my own childhood, my own lessons that I learned through my programming as a young person. It's also, like I said, part of our society where you are not enough. Mm-hmm. Thus, you are not allowed to take time for yourself. How dare you? Yeah. And, and doing that in the face of a society, doing that in the face of people that you love is, is extremely challenging. So yeah. the Very active much. process of it is the hardest. Yes. Right? It's the intention. It's the roots. To shout out to my supervisor, she always quotes, plant your feet in you. And it is always easier said than done, which is where therapy can be helpful, which is where, you know, talking with your friends about like, I want to be a person who goes to bed in good time most of the time. I want to have a good time, but not all of the time. And how do I start to do that? And your Mm -hmm. friends might be a really great sounding board and they also might look at you like a deer in headlights. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if you need to talk to someone else about it, that can be really helpful because it's super objective and we can just Mm -hmm. figure out what do you value about yourself? What do you value in your life? Yeah. And I'm, then it gets a little bit clearer because then you at least know what you're aiming for. Yeah. You know the behind the scenes now. Yeah. yeah right? Exactly. Yeah. Because not everyone's boundaries are going to be the same. Some people are like, no, I value staying up till 2 a.m. I am not a morning person. I want to sleep until noon. And that is how I want to prioritize my life. And that's great. If you If that is feeling energizing and fulfilling and like you are prioritizing yourself, amen. Yeah. Do, Do my- that. Speaking to when does like a healthy boundary become unhealthy, mm, yeah. or is too many boundaries a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah great yeah. question. Those are those are super great points. Boundaries are meant to be complementary in your life. If you're prior, if you're prioritizing, you're kind of shuffling all of the things on the board, the board game of your life. Lots <laughs> of metaphors today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you know you have to you move things around. And you're including yourself in this because normally the board is just everything else and setting boundaries is really including yourself in that process. And that should be a complimentary process. At no point should you feel like I have to exert a huge amount of emotional energy or time or finances to enact a boundary. Because basically, I mean, there is such a thing as too many boundaries or when boundaries start to get unhealthy is when we are actually starting to less prioritization and more avoidance Mm -hmm. so if you're you know i'm not going to use an example because it gets it is it's a challenging concept and in simply put if you are finding that you're operating from a place of lack or avoidance or fear and that's why you're setting a boundary and that is you know literally disallowing you from doing things that otherwise you would value we want to take a harder look at that that's where we might want to speak to a mental health professional and say you know I've been I've just haven't really been leaving my house and I've been telling myself that it's a boundary and I'm an introvert and I just really need time by myself but I can't get to the grocery store when it starts to get to that level where you are unable to engage with the other values in your life with what matters to you in your life because of this boundary because I can't leave my house that's a boundary I've set it's probably not a boundary anymore Mm. where we are not that's not feeling complimentary that's actually feeling intrusive and and we want to find a way to to find a safe way to start to taper or turn the volume down on that on that boundary so that you can still live the life that you want to be living and if living the life that you want to be living is in your house no holds bar nobody comes in nobody 
goes out, that's fine. We want to just make sure that that's coming from a place of authenticity rather than fear or trauma mm-hmm. or, or other scripts that mm-hmm. are that are less healthy. I really liked when going back to what your supervisor said is like rooting yourself in, in you, you. Mm-hmm. and how powerful that is. And like, I didn't think coming into this conversation about boundaries would really actually lead to a bigger conversation about self-worth yeah. and how valuable each of us are and understanding that self-worth. Cause you're right. Like, you know, if I'm not well, I'm not going to be able to perform well in any level, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's my workplace boundary, if I'm not looking after me, I can't go in from nine to, well, we actually start up at eight, but like from <laughs> eight to like four and do the performance that I'm expected to do. Yeah. Right. And same with relationships. If I'm not well in my relationships, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to go out there and seek friendships or partners. Yeah that are going to align with that. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. To bring it back to that definition, your it is an active process regarding finite energy. So, if mm-hmm. you are giving all of your energy to going out, to work, to this relationship, to whatever, right? We can set boundaries around anything. We can set boundaries around food, mm-hmm. like media that I watch, you know, music mm-hmm. that I listen to, podcasts that I listen to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it is that finite level of energy, right? Mm-hmm. That you have to start to decide how much of this is for me. And, yeah. and that is inextricably intertwined with how much you value yourself, how much you feel allowed to do that. And and so it's not just a matter of rules and, and these are things that I do and I don't do in terms of how much energy, how much capacity do I have for the things that I actually want in my life, mm-hmm. right? which actually even extends further into, you know, what kind of human do I want to be? What kind of life do I want to be living? That's probably too philosophical for, for us right now. Yeah. But it is, you know, it gets pretty deep pretty quick, which is why, um, you know, seeing a therapist, some objective and safe party can be really critical in mm-hmm. helping and you helpful. feel. Yes. Yeah. To guide you like, through. Yeah. And help you talk it out and communicate it for yourself, right? Because yeah. we're not always that. taught this. Yeah. Like, it's not explicit. Not at all. And it's not always modeled. Right? You guys, as I mean, little, little people helpers, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you have such an opportunity to say, like, you matter. You're allowed to A, B, or C. Yeah. Regardless of what you, and this is also what we start to get into is conditional boundaries. And then you're like, well, I can only have this if I get an A plus on my test. And we're we're breeding a lot of maladaptive perfectionism there and and really challenging self-worth. So reminding our students that you are worthy and enough as you are right now. I want a shirt that says that. Like, like, let's wear shirts. Yeah. Like that is such a powerful message. And I think like what a neat way to disassemble boundaries really is Mm -hmm. understanding that self-worth for us and for you and like you've done such a great job like dissecting it for for all of us here so yeah and then the only question i'd ask to leave with is do you have one thing for our listeners to walk away with from this conversation i mean if we're gonna put it on a t-shirt Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Let's put it. I, <laughs> Just for you. New merch. Yeah. <laughs> I think genuinely not enough of us know this. So if you're listening and no one has told you yet thus far. Or even today. Or even today. <laughs> you are enough. Literally right now as you are, whatever you are doing is enough. You can be a masterpiece and still be in progress. That's such a cliche, but I love it. So oh. you just need to know that you are enough. You are 
worthy of, of setting boundaries. You are worthy of this journey and the world needs you to know that. If you can show up for yourself, if you can prioritize yourself, that's an act of love. And, and we, we just need, we always need that. We need more of it and a lot right now. Yeah. So yeah. Paige, thank oh. you so much. What a beautiful end. What a beautiful <laughs> end. Honestly, like as I as I say, I'm so lucky you walked into my dorm room. Thank you for inviting yeah. me. Thank it's you for beautiful. starting off our season two. Oh yeah. my gosh, what an honor. Thank you both. And um, yeah, I can't wait to hear how people's boundaries. Boundaries, baby. Boundaries, yeah. baby. Start showing up for you? There's the title. Exactly. <laughs> boundaries, baby. <laughs> Heard it here first. It's, it's time for Jar of Questions. If someone narrated your life, who would you want to be your narrator? Ooh. It's hard because immediately I'm like Morgan Freeman. I know. Everyone. That's just the classic. Yeah. Right? I think I want a female. Yeah. I'm just saying Morgan Freeman should narrate everyone's life, but... Um, Let's just think. That's the go-to answer for literally everyone. Have you? Yeah. Other than Morgan Freeman. Yes. Who do you want to <laughs> that, narrate your life? Yeah. Yeah. Let's rewire the yes. question. Um, I want like someone elegant, but like spicy, like Kate Blanchett. Okay. I she thought you were going to say Gina Rodriguez. I was going to say Gina Rodriguez. She's awesome and she yes. would be funny. But then I'm like, that's like basically my voice. So I want someone like elegant, older, sophisticated, like Kate Blanchett. I think she okay. would do a really... Or like Meryl Streep. Wow. You're just yeah. going like right for the huge A-listers, hey? Yeah. They would kind of like elevate your life story when they're narrating your life. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just go with Emma Stone because I think she's She'd really sarcastic, but she's really real too. You know what I mean? So she could narrate my life. It's very hard for me to not say Tom Hanks. Um, I think you should let Tom Hanks narrate. Do you your think? Life. Yeah, I think that would be like that's an iconic voice. I, at first, I'd probably be like Woody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but then that would be cool. I think he'd do well. Have you watched um, Never Have I Ever? Mindy Kaling wrote that show on Netflix. Yes, with the girl, the teenage girls. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and they have narrators. Yeah, right, and it's like it's. He, Who's her narrator? I don't know sports. He's like a oh. tennis person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Like, it's a sport narrator that narrates her life. And honestly, uh, you get used to it. But at first, I was like, it seems very weird that he's narrating her life. You uh, know? Yeah. Because what is this tennis guy doing here? But yeah. it really works out. So, yeah, now I'm picturing our lives as Never Have I Ever with Tom Hanks and Emma Stone narrating my life. How would I think that? that would be confusing, though. You no, can have why two is that people. Confusing? Maybe one of them like narrates my life and the other one narrates my inner thoughts. Ooh, that's so a So Tom cool Hanks narr- is the narrator. Emma Stone, she's my inner thoughts. Okay, that's kind of fun. That's like he he's just doing like your storyline. Okay, but then Emma Stone is like your internal thoughts. Yeah, I like yeah, that. That's yeah. a great idea. Mm, now you're making me rethink it. Okay, I'll have... Well, you can have Gina Rodriguez do your inner thoughts and Kate Blanchett do your narrating. Okay. Okay, this is, let's go this with that. This is the workaround where we can pick multiple celebrities to narrate <laughs> our lives. <laughs> That's a good one. This prompted me a new jar of question that I'm going to sit and write now after this. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so I guess we'll turn it to our audience. Yeah, who's narrating your life other than Morgan Freeman? 